Take a look, nothing's there. See anything? No. Okay, put your hand in again. Yeah, what is it? I don't know, it smells like, like acid. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call this story, Thank Fucking God It's Friday, in the city coated in smoke. (laughs) Very appropriate. Yeah. It is a horror story outside. Uh, It's been a while, but we are back. I'm Drew. I'm Katie. And uh, today we're talking finally about a show that led to a grown man getting the chicken pox. Uh, Are you afraid of the dark? I have not heard that. I didn't look at any facts about this show. Like, I usually let you do that so that you can surprise me with something. And I don't think that's something I would have come across if I had tried. I think you would have because I didn't try and I came across (laughs) it real fast. Before I get into the chicken pox, we have a guest star today. (laughs) Thanks. Our friend Sarah is joining us. And if you've been listening to our podcast for any length of time, then you probably heard her on the Double Dare episode. Woo, thanks for having me back. Yeah, well, (laughs) I don't think we had a choice. Yeah, you're Uh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. Yeah, Sarah really wanted to be on this episode specifically where we're talking about Are You Afraid of the Dark? It's the best. She, for some reason, likes horror. (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand why you guys don't. More than anything else, and it's very strange. Yeah, I plugged Sarah's Instagram at the end of our last episode, which is Take on Horror. Thank you for I, doing it again. I have a really hard time saying the word horror. Take <laughs> on horrors. Horror. 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 Is it like a two-syllable a, word? She's a horror. Horror? It's a two-syllable word, yeah. Horror. 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 <laughs> it's lost all meaning to me now. <laughs> right. Overthinking it. Horror. Horridor. Horror. I've been listening to the podcast Weinenstein, which they were just doing the R.L. Stein book, One Day at Horrorland, oh, and nice. they just gave up on saying horror and just called the monsters whores. <laughs> I would like to nice. call them scary time beasts. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's my... Anytime that I'm going to say the word horror, I'm just say scary time stuff. <laughs> Is that going to come up in this episode? We'll find out. <laughs> Uh, anyway. So, to get into it, we are talking about Are You Afraid of the Dark, which originally aired in Canada, I think in 1990, before it came to the U.S. through Nickelodeon in August of 1992. It was very recently the 26th anniversary. Yeah. Nickelodeon didn't actually want the show at first. Oh. The two guys who wrote it, whose names I wrote down somewhere but can't find them in my notes, DJ McHale and... Ned Candle. Thank Candle? Isn't that what it is? I don't know. (laughs) I think it's Ned Candle. We should look that up. Well, Katie's looking that up. Anyways, those two guys, they were the creators, and they brought it to Nickelodeon, and Nickelodeon's like, no, we don't want to scare kids. Go away. Yeah, Uh, Ned Candle. Ned Candle. 
DJ McHale and Ned Candle. Year later, this new executive named uh, Jay Mulvaney was there and they pitched him a different show. And he's like, no, screw that. But I heard about this other show you had. Let's go back to that. I want to do it. And, and, and then they done did it. They made it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It ran for five seasons until April of 1996. And then it was revived for two more seasons in 1999. Did you guys watch that that at all? I don't think so. No. I mean, I wouldn't have because (laughs) I didn't like the show because it was scurry. (laughs) But apparently not. Uh, Apparently I was just a big old pans. And because these are not. uh, The first one's kind of scary. The second, the doll one. Not so much nah. at all. Yeah. So the episodes that we watched were The Tale of Dead Man's Float and The Tale of the Dollmaker. And I agree about Dead Man's Float. That was pretty scary. Yeah. Right. It was a little creepy. Uh. It's scary in a... It wasn't scary in like a suspenseful way. What? But... What do you find scary? Um, Everything. <laughs> or like in real life, like what scares you? Everything. Versus like in a movie. Everything. Kind of just like expectation. So like Sarah and I saw A Quiet Place together. Yes. And there was a lot of like waiting for something to happen, which is scary for me. Mm. So like so, the tension that builds up, like yeah, suspense the tension. Yeah, and well, stuff. Suspense. That's funny you mentioned that because after the movie, I think we both agreed it was a well done movie, but I actually was disappointed because I was not scared at all. I thought it was kind of slow. I was expecting more like, ooh, even the tension. I didn't think it was that extreme. Sarah's lost all connection to emotions. I'm jaded. (laughs) I didn't think it was as scary as I thought it was going to be. Like, I was downing beers before we went in because I was like, I have to be drunk for this. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I just remember concentrating on chewing everything really quietly. I had popcorn (laughs) and it's true what they were saying about like, you know, the film is really quiet so the audience is silent and you like crunch the popcorn and you feel really self-conscious about it. Yeah. So that was awkward. I think I put too much concentration on that. <laughs> I would have yeah, liked to have it, gone it kind just of for distracted. that. I wish you had. Because <laughs> I would have been chewing loudly. Like, we got to get some noise in here. I don't like all this quiet. It's not. People would have yelled at you. We were in the very front row. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm allowed to eat whatever I want in a public space like that. Uh, so they could yell all they want. I'm eating those nerds that I bought. Did we nerds? use MoviePass for that movie? Yeah, because okay. that's only the second time I ever used MoviePass, mm. and the last time. Might be. And that might have been your last opportunity. <laughs> MoviePass is dying. R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> Never got on board. My sister got hers like two weeks before all of the drama. Uh, that sucks. <laughs> Get the AMC A-list. Yeah, I think that's part of the reason why MoviePass is struggling. But I don't even know where any AMC theaters are. Uh, the one the in the... Downtown. We, no, well, that one and the one yeah. in the U District. Oh, that one is? The one that we went to for Star, Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Yeah. AMC. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. Do you guys know what the original title of the show was? I'm guessing it was The Midnight Society. No. Um, scary stories to tell in the dark? Closer. Really? <laughs> I don't have another uh-uh. guess. <laughs> the original title was Scary Tales. Oh. Which doesn't sound scary at all. No. Especially if you say it like that. Scary Tales. <laughs> well, you don't want to tell people for sure, like, it's scary, you will be scared, and then, you know, they watch yeah. it and aren't. The title was, the f- final title was inspired by a Dr. Seuss book titled, What Was I Scared Of? 
and he was afraid of the dark, so oh, are you afraid of the dark? The title uh, kind of seems like a dare to me. Like, do you think you're brave enough to watch this show? Oh, uh, yeah, I can see that. It's kind of cool. I usually answered no. <laughs> I, a lot of the time, turned off Snick when Are You Afraid of the Dark came on. Me too. I was a little wuss, too. I Wait, mean, I did watch some episodes. To the question, Are You Afraid of the Dark, you answered no. Oh, to sorry. The, to the challenge. <laughs> oh, to the challenge. <laughs> okay. But yes, yeah. you were afraid of the dark. <laughs> I mean, I was afraid of the show. I wasn't actually afraid of the dark. <laughs> gotcha. Um, I remember the show came on at 9.30, and yeah. that was my bedtime. So whenever... Even on a weekend? Yeah, I know. So lame. <laughs> but I mean, this was in the 90s, early 90s. I was a wee one, but um, we had a babysitter, Julie Tong. And whenever she babysat for us on Saturday night... We'd be like, please let us stay up. We won't tell mom and dad. And I mean, she was just like, yeah, we don't have to bribe her or anything. So yeah. <laughs> that was always when I watched it. And yeah, it was so great. Nice. Felt like I was doing something I shouldn't be doing. <laughs> when did you start watching scary? Like, when did you realize you liked scary stuff? You know, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't specifically remember. I remember watching Are You Afraid of the Dark? And really loving the show, but I don't remember ever being scared from any of the episodes. Uh, I remember watching Poltergeist. It was family movie night, so we watched a family movie like every couple of Fridays. And, Your uh, family watched scary movies like that together? Well, I, that was the first one that we watched that was scary. We watched <laughs> okay. like, you know, Singing in the Rain and stuff like that, but I remember watching Poltergeist, and I mean, that's a Spielberg film. It's a really good movie, and it happens to have scary stuff in it, but it's a great story, and I just thought that was awesome. I also remember watching like Critters and Prom Night on TV and a bunch of random stuff. And Nightmare on Elm Street is what really uh, scared me. When I was going to sleep, I would think about Freddy Krueger. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but that actually was a turning point because in high school, I think this is when I stopped being afraid of stuff like that. Um, I remember having a nightmare and I was running down the street and Freddy Krueger was chasing me. And then I was just so tired of like being scared and having these nightmares. I remember stopping and turning around and being like, fuck off, Freddy. <laughs> and then he totally stopped being scary. And after that, I never jumped about him again. Anyway, huh. it's a good series, too. Watch that. <laughs> I won't. I've, I've never seen any of those. Really? I've, I've never seen any of the movies you just mentioned. What about, like, Halloween or nope. Friday the 13th? No. Nope. None of the big franchises. Never even seen Scream. Well, really? Nope. Okay, what about uh, Ghostbusters? Yes. Okay. That's a comedy. Uh, okay, well, that's how I feel about a lot of horror movies. <laughs> Fair enough. Right? Even, yeah, when they don't intend to be so. A lot of them are funny. What about you guys? So what's the first scary thing you remember seeing? Um, the first one I remember seeing was Scream at a buddy's like birthday sleepover. Mm. I feel like I was in elementary school. It was at Chris Escobar's. And... Uh-huh. Uh, I had nightmares for like weeks and I was like, no, we, really? we ain't going down that path. I'm From not. Scream? Yeah, because I don't know, someone was fucking murdering people everywhere <laughs> and that's a real thing that happens. I'm more afraid mm. of, I'm more afraid of movies that have like, are like that. I also got really scared from Ernest Scared Stupid and I know the exact scene is when the kid is like lying in bed and he rolls over and that troll thing is right next to him. I was terrified that I would do that at some point. I never saw that. Oh, I mean, the movie's dumb. It's okay. an Ernest movie. Right. It's Ernest Scared Stupid. But 
like there's this troll thing that's like turning kids into these little wooden miniatures when he like captures them and then they're like just in his troll cave or something weird some of this might be right uh, <laughs> but this kid like goes to bed and his dad's like don't worry you got nothing to worry about champ and he's like okay, okay. and he goes to sleep and then he's like gotta roll over and get comfortable and he rolls over and there's the troll thing they're like Ugh. hey except it wasn't like that was screaming in his face and then the kids disappeared Oh, <laughs> Ernest saves the day in the end. Okay, that's good. The first movie that scared me, also not a scary movie, I don't think. I have mm-hmm. not seen it since this. Death Becomes Her. Oh, yeah. That's a cool movie. So I thought I was younger than this, but I guess I was seven when I saw it. My aunt took us to see it in the theater. So I was seven. My sister would have been five. My cousins would have been six and... And your aunt's like, Three? we should take them to something that has death in the title. Yeah. And my sister and I were just, like, bawling. Really? I remember her, During like, the movie? Yeah, I remember her, like, taking us out of our seats and being like, what are you crying about? And we were just like, it's scary. And I have oh not God. seen it since then. And my aunt still maintains that's great. My cousin, who was three or whatever, it's a movie she loves. Yeah. But... Have you considered rewatching it just to see how you would feel about it now? I'd be so, curious. So, funny story. Um, <laughs> Hannah from the podcast Boozy Movies, she said that she would rewatch Practical Magic, which she found scary as a kid. Oh. And I'm going to rewatch Death Becomes Her. That's our little deal. Nice. So, that'll happen in the soon future, I think. Awesome. Probably closer to like Halloween. Let me know how it is. I remember seeing that, and I don't remember it being scary, but oh, I'm like, sure it's an not. interesting movie. It's the movie where like Meryl Streep gets her head turned around, yeah. and then somebody else gets a cannonball shot through them. <laughs> I think I'm getting the order of that right, but um, they basically can't die. Your story reminded me. My first year teaching kindergarten, I made a terrible mistake. It was uh, right before winter break, and I showed my class... Coraline, and yeah. anyone who's seen that <laughs> knows that's not really a movie for five-year-olds. And no. <laughs> like halfway through the movie, one of my students just started bawling, and then another student got up and fell over, and she had a bloody nose. It was a disaster. <laughs> so anyway, I stopped the film. They did not see the end of it. Some kids complained. Some kids had already seen it, but there were enough kids who were clearly traumatized <laughs> that I was traumatized. I was like, never again. That's um, barely a movie did, for me. I saw any, it in 3D. Did mm. any parents complain? No, they That's didn't. Good. I feel like if it happened at the school I'm at now, they might. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily I've learned my lesson. I was just remembering um, that scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Indiana Jones movie at the end where the guy's face is melting off. Yeah. And Indy has to keep his eyes closed and Marion. That always freaked me out as a kid. Plus, Who Framed Roger Rabbit at the end when Christopher Lloyd's like eyes pop out. Yeah. He's got like, the cartoon red yeah, eyes. Yeah. That also really scared me. I mean, there were a lot of things that scared me as a kid. For some reason, I was afraid of Beethoven. Uh, like the composer the, or the dog? <laughs> the dog. Okay. Um, not the, I wasn't afraid of the dog itself, but there's like a scene where all these needles go flying at a guy, and I was afraid of that. Oh, uh, yeah. There's like a scene where there's needles in Saw 2, and like somebody goes Ugh. in it. And freshman year of college, people made me go see it against my will <laughs> and made me go into a haunted house against <gasps> my will. Uh, Wait, God. would you be willing to do that again? No. I Why? was against my will. <laughs> <laughs> if I Damn didn't want to do it then, 
I surely don't want to do it now. Okay, so you're saying you will, but it will be against your will. I'm saying no. You, I'm <laughs> you're saying, admitting you I'm can be forced. Then, I'm saying back then, I could be peer pressured more easily as a freshman in college <laughs> than I can as someone well into my early 30s. Gotcha. <laughs> well into? Yeah. You just turned 31. <laughs> well into my early 30s. <laughs> Drew's birthday was a week ago. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, maybe we should talk a little bit more about Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> what? Sure. So the show centered around a group of kids who call themselves the Midnight Society. They had crappy parents. <laughs> they awesome were, parents. Let's be real. They were probably out at like 930 at night. Probably. When the show aired. Yeah. They were not, they were not out at midnight. <laughs> it was live, right? Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> live from a soundstage in Quebec because they weren't really in the forest. Yep. But every week they got together in the woods and one of them would tell the others a scary story. And that story was then portrayed to the audience while the storyteller's narration kind of played over it, mostly at the beginning and the end. The rest of it was just the dialogue from the story. Yeah. But all of the stories began with submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. So great. I feel like it was ahead of its time. I mean, it's an anthology, which is pretty trendy now. You have like Black Mirror and True Detective. Um, but then Twilight Zone and Outer Limits and Goosebumps were like, the other ones where it was just like one episode is a self-contained story. You don't really see that. I think that if they did it now, they wouldn't even need the Midnight Society because really they just want to share a scary story. And I feel like they used the Midnight Society to have some sort of like connection between episodes, which these days you wouldn't really need. That's my opinion. That's but called I kind a of like the story. atmosphere. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. The campfire thing. Yeah. The the uh, the original premise was actually just going to be like kids being told bedtime stories, but then they're like, "Wow, that's not interesting. <laughs> Let's do something different." What was it like rewatching for you, Sarah? So I hadn't rewatched these episodes in a really long time, but like five years ago, I binge watched like thirty episodes. I was really into the show. Um, these two episodes, I really liked it. Um, just comparing it to like all the movies I watch now and kind of seeing the elements of horror <laughs> uh, that I thought worked well, especially in the first episode we're going to talk about. And yeah, I think they hold up somewhat well. <laughs> I felt like these held up more than the Goosebumps episode I watched recently, uh, which was, I literally just watched the first one that was on Netflix and it was so ridiculous. Were those um, episodes standalone? Yeah. Okay. I it think, was one about monsters. I think Goosebumps like played for humor, though, like scary stuff for humor. Yeah. And these were just funny because they're stupid. <laughs> Fair enough. Did you have a favorite episode when you were growing up? Uh, yes. I liked the tale of the Midnight Madness, I think. That's the one where um, there's a movie theater and the um, characters go into it and basically Nasferatu, the famous vampire, oh, yeah, yeah. he steps off the screen. I mean, it's basically like The Ring, but before that came out. <laughs> so when we were picking episodes, Sarah suggested mm. four. The two that we're talking about today were the last two that she suggested and I actually did watch the first two that you suggested, yeah. like, as soon as you suggested them. So I watched that one and the tale of the... 
I don't even remember what like, the other one was. It's like the tale of the frozen dead child or something. <laughs> Oh, I yeah. like I like that you watch those <laughs> ones right away, but then the ones that we're actually talking about, you're like, I can wait until right before we do this. <laughs> I had to go do something, and so I had to stop. It was the tale of the frozen ghost, which had Melissa Joan Hart. Oh yeah, okay, um, and I think that's also why I recommended it. And then I also liked the clown ones. So there was the tale of I think Laughing in the Dark, which is the one you sort of recently rewatched. Is that the one at the carnival? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that was dumb. <laughs> yeah, um, I rewatched that one, and it, yeah, it was not as scary as I remember it. There's a 13th floor one, right? Like, I remember there was one I was so where there's like this freight elevator they would take up, and like the 13th floor was super creepy, and that's the only episode I remember. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember that one. The one I remember the most is The Tale of Watcher's Woods, mm. and it had Jewel State in it from Firefly and... Oh, yeah. Space Cases, which we'll do someday. Never saw that. I love Space Cases so much. I haven't even heard of the show. It was on Nickelodeon. Never heard of it. It was so good. What? Was it on longer than a season? (laughs) Two two or three seasons. Huh. She was only in the first season. Okay. Then she had an imaginary friend, and then she went through some weird, like, portal, and her imaginary friend swapped places with her. Oh. And so then she was the imaginary friend of the imaginary friend. Nice. Wow. (laughs) That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> so that's the one that I remembered the most. And I actually watched it, I think, in March. And I was still a little bit afraid. And that was because of the tension, the suspense. So I was going to ask, did you guys... So I watched the show pretty religiously. Um, and I mean, it was part of SNCC. Did you guys, like, watch all of it that was on SNCC? Like, did you no, start at 8 said. o'clock and watch all four? I mean, I watched SNCC. Until it came on, and I was like, I guess we don't. And then you stopped. Okay. Snick is over for me. Now I'm turning on Cartoon Network and watching Cow and Chicken. That was basically how it was for me. Like, sometimes I would watch Are You Afraid of the Dark, and sometimes I wouldn't. Okay. Yeah. So, Drew, you said you were not scared watching these? No. I mean, I'm sure I'll have dreams. (laughs) But I wasn't scared. What did you think was scary about them before? I don't know. I don't like scary things in it the, I don't like the aspect like, of it like possibly being yeah, scary I don't like it I don't like the thought that someone's trying to scare me I like comedies and that's it I just like <laughs> things that are gonna make me laugh uh the world is scary enough you know we've got like nuclear war that's gonna happen at any point I want to laugh at like <laughs> things instead yeah that makes sense what so, about you Katie um I think I just found them too suspenseful like I was saying like something was going to happen and I didn't want to know what it was like watching American Horror Story yeah the very very first episode they like walk into the murder house they don't know it's a murder house Mm -hmm. and the dog like goes down the hallway and I was like the dog's gonna die and I turned it off right then (laughs) (laughs) wow um and it took me a year and a half to watch it again Oh my god, okay. But it was like, it's something like that, like, what's gonna happen? I was just like, I can't deal with it. Oh my god, now I really <laughs> want to watch a scary movie with both of you guys. It would be so fun. <laughs> you already did. Yeah. Quite that doesn't count, it wasn't yeah. scary. And I wasn't there, and I never will be. And I have yes. never watched an episode of American Scary Time Stuff story. <laughs> you should. I actually it's really good. like American Horror Story. There I heard you it's go. got Lady Gaga, <laughs> yeah. so you know, I still I didn't watch like... It. 
the hotel season, though. I actually I, haven't seen that one or the cult one. I haven't finished cult yet. I plan on watching them both. Anyway. Let's get into these eps. These apps. These sods. <laughs> I hate everything. So we're going to start with The Tale of Dead Man's Float, which aired October 7th, 1995. And I'm going to attempt to... Describe this whole episode in 60 seconds, which Drew is putting on the clock. Oh, it's on the clock. <laughs> the clock is ready. Whoops, Good, that's Katie. not seven minutes. All right, I'm going to count you down here. Okay. And three, two, one, go. So Tucker is bringing a new potential member. His name is Stig, and Kiki is against this, says that he sucks. He's a virus. He might explode. But they let him tell a story anyway. It starts in 1954 with a kid swimming alone in the pool. He drowns, and the lifeguard does not save him. Then we cut to the present day, and there's this kid named Zeke, because there's kids named Zeke. And some girl wants to help him after he makes a volcano explode, and her friend's like, no, that kid's a nerd. But somehow Zeke gets this girl to follow him into the like locker room and shows her that there's this door to a pool, and she's on the swim team, so she gets the school to open up this pool to, like, reinstate it. But then one day they are trying to teach Zeke how to swim because he's afraid of the water. And I'm running out of time. <laughs> and uh, there's a bad smell. And there's a <laughs> monster that pulls him into the water. And... Real risky move, wasting the first 15 seconds oh, uh, no. talking about the Midnight Society. <laughs> I thought it was important. <laughs> I like how when you sped up, you chose there was a stinky smell or whatever you said. <laughs> so some Which things that Katie missed here. Uh, she missed telling you that the kid drowned because something pulled him under. Uh, she missed talking about the entire second two-thirds of the episode where Zeke is learning to swim uh, because I guess like... That's a thing he wants to do. Well, he's afraid of the water because when he was a kid, he got, like, pulled seaweed. down. Like, yeah, seaweed yeah. grabbed his ankle. Essentially, in a nutshell, Zeke Chlorice, which is a yeah. fucking Chloris. stupid name. Chlorice. <laughs> C-L-O-R-I-C-E. Chlorice. Like, like chlorine. Be like chlorine? Chlor yeah. That's what I thought, too, yeah. when I first saw it. Uh, I was like, yeah, it's not... Yeah. Clarice, it's Clarice, which might be a name. No. Anyways, Zeke, Clarice, <laughs> and old man Charlie, who's the lifeguard that didn't save the kid at the beginning. He's now the janitor. Yeah. Life took a turn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they are basically just trying to outrun and outwit this sea monster that looks like uh, one of the <laughs> the undead things from Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, yeah, that is what it looked like. Uh, yeah, like a red, red version. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's basically. It even has a beard. <laughs> yeah. That's basically the oh, whole yeah. second half of the episode, and finally they do. With science. With science. <laughs> With the same science that caused the volcano explosion at the beginning. Yeah. Foreshadowing. Because uh, water and what is it? Magnesium. I, I, I believe it's magnesium. magnesium. Magnite orange. I That's what magnet. Oh no no no! Red. Magnite orange was the other thing. It's either manganese or it was magnite. Magnite. That doesn't sound right. I think That's it's magnesium. That's what the closed caption said. So that okay. is what I wrote. Magnite. 
Um, I listened to that part twice and looked it up. So I, <laughs> do have, yeah. I do have one thing with the Midnight Society that's important for me. So multiple sites that I looked at in my 10 minutes of research time <laughs> said that they never show any of the kids lighting the fire for the Midnight Society, but Gary fucking lit the fire to start this one out. You don't see him strike the match, but he's got the match lit and he lights oh. the fire. They never wanted to, Nick apparently never wanted to show like kids how to strike a match or something. <laughs> really? They didn't want kids to yeah. replicate starting fires. Yeah, or throwing midnight powder in it, which but was... But they have a the match kid, at the, the kid during the opening it. sequence. It's right, like but, the yeah. title and... Right, but they don't flick it. It just oh, lights. Oh, it lights. Oh. On its own. The magic. kid tastes the magic powder at the end. <laughs> Stig. Yeah. Stig. Uh, oh, God. It's non-dairy creamer. Oh. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. Wait, what? It's non-dairy I creamer. I thought it was sand. No, it's non-dairy creamer. <laughs> huh, weird. Yep, that that's weird. what it is. Um, the kid that drowns in the beginning, a young Jay Baruchel. Yeah. Oh, really? I believe yeah. that. I found that out later. Is that how shocked. you say his last name? I don't know. Baruchel? Baruchel? I always said Baruchel. Baruchel? It's a guy. Baruchel? Baruchel? <laughs> We could look it up, but that would be eh. that'd be more than I'm looking to do here. And Anyways. if you don't know who he was, he was in Judd Apatow's second show, Undeclared, and knocked no. up. Yep, he's knocked oh, up. Yeah. He's in a. Uh, is it? Sh- she's just not, was the out of the league one. Uh, um, it's the one where he dates the girl who's supposed to be like way out of his league. I don't know. I don't know. She's just not that into you. She's just not that into That's, you. He's just not that into you. He's just not. Oh no. Is it? I don't know. He's in a movie shot in my league. I don't know. He's in <laughs> other things. He's in things. Yeah, anyways, I he's like an him. Actor. He's good. Um, well, also, um, one of the chicks in the Midnight Society, uh, Kristen, is played by Rachel Blanchard. Was she in this episode? No. I can't remember. No, she wasn't okay. in this one. She wasn't in either of them. Uh, but I just want to mention that she ended up... Um, playing Cher in the TV show Clueless. Nice. So at the time, that was like huge star power to me. I was like, oh my, oh my God, God. <laughs> this is amazing. I know her from Are You Afraid of the Dark? Clarice was not in a lot of other things, but she was in D3. I was going to tell you that. <laughs> no way. Yeah. yeah. How perfect for you guys. <laughs> the name of the movie that Jay was in is She's Out of My League. She's Out of My League. Uh, okay. So you were way closer than my guest. Sorry. <laughs> It's okay. Uh, yeah, so I liked this episode because there was like swimming stuff and like swim team, and that's what my childhood was. I thought so. Of you. I could definitely relate to Clarice. <laughs> Did your team have to drive an hour away to go to practice when you had a pool right there? <laughs> no, because we had a pool right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was like. In the real world, no school would waste having a pool. Plus, right. by the way, there was but still was water. Four people died there, but there was still water in the pool. Like no, when they, yeah, when they walk in, something. you see the cover, but you can hear the water. The thing floats up, floats back down. You see well, like a bump he in the is cover. Water. The monster's made out of water. I'm right. telling you, you can hear the water though. But also, like, what school has the budget to make like a fucking? Uh, hidden door and like how does no one else know about this they didn't have a hidden door they just put the lockers in front of the door he pulled it out that's a secret door to me yeah but it's like they said that everyone forgot about it how do you forget there's a pool in your building what a terrible principle like there's no way I don't Uh, know I I understood because it was 40 years before that they closed it up 
I mean, do you think if they were closing it because people kept dying that they would just get rid of that altogether instead of covering the door with lockers? In theory, yes. Right. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Uh, So we got some categories, right? Yeah. The first one is most 90s thing. So I had a hard time thinking about this, especially because the very beginning of the episode takes place in 1954. So the main thing for me was just all of the plaid that the Midnight Society was wearing. Uh, I think I'm going to kind of backpack off. Backpack? (laughs) Piggyback. 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 (laughs) I'm going to backpack off that. Piggyback off that. It was, I believe it was Kit. Is that her name? Kiki. Kiki. Sure. Kit. Kiki. (laughs) It was Kiki calling... Stig. Stig. Grungy boy. (laughs) That was the most 90s thing for me. He did look pretty grungy. Yeah, I had that in my notes, too. Um, I wasn't sure about this one. I just said in general, like, having the popular kids be snotty to the less popular kids seemed a little bit like... It was, first of all, the opposite of what the episode, the story was saying, but the Midnight Society was being that way, so it was a little weird. I don't think they do that these days. Because at the very end of this episode, Zeke the nerd and Clarice the popular girl end up dating. Yeah, which, I mean... She knows that her best friend was, like, into him. How rude. <laughs> yeah, but I thought they were kind of cute. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. It annoyed me. They, like, had him with glasses, 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 and then I know they were, like, at a pool, but they did the classes, like, removed the glasses halfway through, and suddenly, like, she's into him. Like, it oh, correlated exactly that. with yeah. when she started to pay attention to him. Oh. I and love, then the glasses were off. I love the inflatable raft that they got from <laughs> where. I don't know, yeah. Because like, that's not something that the school would just have there, right? No. <laughs> no, yeah, because they were on this raft in the pool because Zeke was afraid of the water. So they were, like, trying to get him comfortable with the water by being on top of it. I thought it seemed like a cool date. Like, if you're in high school and you just sneak into your, like, school after hours and you grab a raft and you're just floating it out of the pool. It definitely would have been cool. That's awesome. Good um, job. I would have loved to do that. How, my, I had a question here. How did Greta, the other girl, <laughs> how did Greta get into the pool without any of them hearing her? No idea. I was wondering that, too. It makes yeah. no sense. Like, first of all, she had to sneak into the room, get into the water, and then I assume from that point she'd have to be underwater mm-hmm. the whole time because otherwise, no. <laughs> and waiting for... Clarice to yeah. get out of the boat in order to pull her under. Yeah. And then she just leaves. <laughs> She's yeah. It's like she interrupts the date, says something snarky, and that's the last we see of her in the entire episode, I think, right? Yeah. yeah she's like, I she thought, gets no like I resolution. You didn't like puppies. <laughs> <laughs> what did she mean about puppies? Never mm. mind. Yeah. I uh, thought that Clarice was the bitchy girl, but it's really Greta. Yeah. Uh, funniest scene or quote. <laughs> Um, for me, it was that after the boat flipped and the janitor saved them by pulling them with the, like, rescue rope thing, they're in the locker room with blankets around them and drinking hot cocoa. That part was (laughs) hilarious. I did not even notice that. I was like, it's not like they were in a fucking icy pond. Oh my god. (laughs) That's funny. Where did that come from? Also, there was a date rape poster behind them. I didn't see that. (laughs) Um, Mine was, 
I, I did like that scene. That was funny. Mm-hmm. But mine was when Clarice first follows him into the locker room and she says, is this your big secret? Because I've seen it before. <laughs> like, something. I'm like, nice. hold on. Family. Let's go back. <laughs> what? And he had no reaction to that. He was just like, I figured you'd been in the boys' locker room. <laughs> um, that or when... Charlie, the lifeguard, jumps in the pool to save the little brother. His the way he jumps in lets me know that they did not do any vetting of him as a no, lifeguard. No, that is how you jump in. Uh, With your arms out. I don't think he did that. I think he did. I was watching I, it. It looked like he belly flopped into that pool. Oh no! When I was watching it, it looked like he had his arms out, and that's how you jump into the pool if you're a lifeguard, so that you can just push yourself up and be on top of the water. Uh, it did not look like he did that. It looked like he belly flopped into no. me and like threw the lifesaver away uh, as he was jumping in because he had it. Yeah. And then he like threw it and like jumped in and looked like he belly flopped to me. I, did I not might be wrong. I just saw him. I don't know like his angle. I just saw his arms out. And so that I thought was accurate. So you were watching like all the swimming related stuff yeah. very closely. <laughs> um, I just wrote down the quote at the beginning um, when... Stig, who is being initiated into the Midnight Society, and he has to tell a story, um, and then they have to vote on whether he's accepted or not. And they basically, clear, they do not like this guy because he's smelly or something, and he's like, is this about telling a good story or only a popularity contest? The way he said it, I just <laughs> thought it was so fucking hilarious, and I was like, good point, man. You should just walk away. You don't need this in your life. They're so uh, judgy. Zeke wearing a t-shirt the entire time he's swimming is also pretty <laughs> hilarious to me. Yeah, a white t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My backup funniest thing was they built the pool over an old cemetery. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. I was so excited when they said that. It reminded me of Poltergeist, like, which is an entire story about, oops, they didn't move the graves. What is it? What's in there? They built the pool. They had to get rid of an old cemetery and move the bodies. The nearest I can figure is they missed one. And its spirit wants revenge for being disturbed. Spirit's upset because a pool's here. <laughs> you know, they figured stuff out so quickly, though. It's, like, amazing this guy lasted for, you know, half a century. And they're just, like, hanging out. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Now... Correct me if I'm wrong here. <laughs> At the end, when they throw the magnesium or whatever yeah. onto the spirit, would the whole pool not have, like, gone up? So that's what I was thinking, because I said it's a little bit anticlimactic that he didn't explode, like the volcano mm-hmm. exploded at the beginning. Because right. the monster or whatever just, like, dissolves as if you had put, like, a thing in like a bath bomb in water yeah Yeah. for all this science in the episode i was like this does not seem like science (laughs) i mean i don't know what the science is it just wasn't consistent from the beginning of the episode to the end yeah i mean he was even like put on gloves like you don't want it to get wet at all and then it's in a pool and when did they have time to go get the gloves why was the science stuff right next to the pool so many questions anyway gonna skip that for right now and get on to the last question what would be different if this was done today? Uh, I already alluded to this, but I just said they would make the kids in the Midnight Society way more inclusive. 
they would not be the brats. They might have brats in like the stories, but it wouldn't be members of the Midnight Society. I feel like Zeke would have been like considered a cool hipster kid uh, if <laughs> yeah. this was now. Yeah. Not like <laughs> this nerd who likes science. They would like, oh, this guy's so smart. Man, that's crazy. Right. The description <laughs> of him at the beginning was the smartest loser in school. Yeah. It's like just a lot of characterization right there. Boom. You got it. <laughs> it's crazy that like as a society, we're just like hey, smart people. They're fucking nerds. Like, right? <laughs> what's wrong with them? Like, what? Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> I didn't have anything for this section. I... I couldn't think of anything that I guess I was thinking about it from more of like a technology standpoint or something like that. Like something oh. that was like obviously 90s. Right. Well, as but soon it, as they got out of the pool, they would have called someone. Yeah. Or texted someone or like somebody would have been like, I got to Snapchat this fucking demon. That's to- true. <laughs> <laughs> uh. um, I put on this YouTube. episode was cool because it reminded me. I'm sure you guys haven't seen the movie It Follows, but it came out, I think, in 2015. It's freaking awesome. But uh, at the end of the movie, there is a grand finale that takes place at a swimming pool. And the creature that's following the girl is invisible. (laughs) Um, And there are scenes where she's, you know, like in the water and they basically are like, how are we going to see it? So they throw a blanket over it. But it just reminded me of this. That is really similar because this monster was invisible until they Mm -hmm. poured the, what was it? Orange something or another. Yeah. I was just like science through some science until they scienced it. <laughs> Methyl orange. See, I told you it was orange something. Yeah, I knew it was orange. I just couldn't remember the first word. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But so that's one episode. Very good episode, I thought. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. Sarah, are you ready to? Oh God, I should have rehearsed. I did not practice. Right, you so, think I practiced? I didn't even get a third of the way through the plot. <laughs> so okay, I'm like, what are I, the names again? I have to like... Okay. I'm going to raise my hand up like this when you have 30 seconds left. Okay. And then again when you have five seconds left. Okay, I'm going to warn you now. I will probably not look at you at all. I'm going to be uh, leaning over like my computer, the, staring at the screen. <laughs> I'll just go like this when you have 10 seconds left. How about Make that? Make like a spooky noise. Like... Ooh. When you have 10 seconds left? Yes. Okay. <laughs> at 10 seconds left, I'll go... Ooh. <laughs> I'll move my mouth like that, too. (laughs) That was very spooky. For somebody who doesn't watch scary things, you sure know how to make spooky noises. Hmm, I hate you guys. All right. I'm going to count you down. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Okay. So Melissa is staying with her aunt and uncle, and she's upset because her neighbor friend Susan and her family have moved away, and she doesn't know what she's going to do. And um, she sees a person in the window of the neighbor's house and she's like, huh, somebody's there. So she goes to investigate and she climbs up into the attic and there's a creepy dollhouse and her aunt comes and is like, stop snooping in this house. Um, And then she reveals to Melissa that her friend Susan actually disappeared last winter and no one's ever found her and that's why the family moved away. So then Susan uh, breaks into the house Melissa. I'm sorry. Yeah, Melissa breaks into the house um, and she goes back up into the attic and um, the light in the dollhouse is on in the attic. Oh, God. (laughs) Um, And then she... Uh, God, I lost my place. <laughs> Two, one, okay. and time. Wow, 60 seconds See? goes by so fast. It's harder than it seems. It's so hard. Okay, well, there's she, not that much to the story, so basically <laughs> they, she's like, what's going yeah. on? And the aunt 
um, is like, stop doing that. And they board up the house um, and she hears someone calling to her, Melissa, help me. And um, there's another door in the attic. And so when she opens it, she sees a hallway and she sees her friend Susan walking around. She's like, that's weird. So (laughs) (laughs) um, she goes back later, like the next night. And she's like, I'm going to save my friend. And she ties a string to the doorknob and she goes in and Susan is turning into a porcelain doll. And apparently that's why she can't escape. Um, she broke her hand off. Yeah. Her mm. hands keep falling off. <laughs> they jump out of a window. <laughs> so, yeah. And then she discovers that, oh crap, now she's in the dollhouse Cause she looks out the window and sees her aunt out there in a very dramatic scene involving like boom, boom, boom. And the house shaking. The house shaking. Yeah. So she, long story short, too late. <laughs> Saves her friend by jumping out. They the both door jump out or like fall out the window. Yeah. So basically it's like a haunted dollhouse and they get trapped in the dollhouse and they have to jump out of the attic. How in dumb, a dollhouse. How dumb is her friend like that she couldn't figure out just get out of Well, well first of all, I bet they could have jumped out like the first story window. They just had to get out of the house. They just had to get out of the house. I think they just had to get out of the house. So yeah, right away when Melissa finds Susan in there and she's like, Oh my god, you're turning into a doll and her friend is clearly telling her it's the attic. Like she seems aware that she has to get into the attic of the dollhouse to jump out to escape. So I don't know if she figured that out too late after her hands broke turned off. into yeah after she couldn't use them. Yeah, because the attic door or like stairwell was blocked by a dresser and it was too heavy for Melissa to move mm-hmm. on her own. So she asks Susan to help her, and she's like raising her hand or her arm without a hand on it or something. Or like I laughed broken so hand. hard. <laughs> I'm sure I thought that was creepy when I saw this back in the day, but now I was like, oh man. <laughs> it was a good effect, but... Um, I wrote down, Melissa finds Susan and she's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and then after she learns that her friend can't help her knock over the dresser, she just figures out how to do it herself <laughs> even yeah. Though, yeah that was weird like she couldn't do it one minute and then the next she can major plot holes guys <laughs> what is the most 90s thing for me i'm going back to oh. clothing yeah and it was melissa's orange jean jacket <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was gonna go with the clothing as well it's not even close <laughs> yeah um i said that complaining about not having cable these days, the kids would be like, they don't even have Wi-Fi. Oh, that's what I said for what would be different. Oh, well, yeah. sorry. <laughs> and the fact that's that exactly what I wrote. Really? The fact she's excited to go out in the country where there's nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, oh, yours was closed, right? Yeah, okay. closed. Yeah. So for what would be different today, mine was literally Melissa would have complained about having no Wi-Fi, but it wouldn't have mattered anyway because she would have had cell phone data. Right. I'm on my parents' plan. They'll pay for it. (laughs) I just said, like, the hair, the clothing, so we kind of flipped. But, yeah. Maybe the type of doll. I mean, are porcelain dolls still a thing? I remember getting a porcelain doll when I was in, like, first or second grade. So I feel like maybe it used to be a thing that, like, grandparents got their kids, but now it would be, like, a Barbie or... The only dolls I had, really, were American Girl dolls. Mm -hmm. I actually find dolls creepy as fuck. They are creepy. That's why... Oh, man. It's like Annabelle are so popular. I was in this antique store today, <laughs> and there was this doll that looked creepy. I should send you his picture of that. And this mask, it was like a Lucy mask from uh, Peanuts. Oh. And it was the scariest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it was Masks just like, are weird. Can I be right back? 
What? I'll I have, right I have, I have a thing. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to see this. <laughs> What's going on? About three months. I don't know how long. Not that long before my grandma died. She gave me these dolls. Oh my god! I don't know what to do with them. Those um, don't look find out if me. they're worth money. <laughs> I don't think they are. So they're a little like Christmas dolls that are fabric. And, and there's a boy plush. and a girl, and they're wearing like velvet clothes and holding candy canes, and they have yarn hair. And I have had them in my closet because I don't know what to do with them. Huh. <laughs> and there was no like story like, oh, no, I she was just like, here. And I was like, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> cool. <laughs> They, they look like Precious Moments dolls, kind of, but oh, yeah. I don't know that they are. I mean, they're kind of cute. I've seen way creepier. I just don't know what to do with them. Huh. So, speaking of dolls, yeah. these are the dolls I have to deal with. Luckily, they don't look like Susan. Do you have any other dolls? Like No, these, okay. this is all I've got. Huh. And they've literally just been sitting in my closet because I don't want to <laughs> look at them. <laughs> Would it freak you out if they were like sitting on your dresser across from you? Yeah. Okay. They're actually on my dresser in my closet. Gotcha. Funniest scene from this second episode to get us back on track. <laughs> For me, this was when Melissa is like supposed to be asleep and her aunt and uncle are <laughs> talking like four feet away from her about like, oh, you shouldn't have told her about the house or you sh I don't know. Like... Her yeah. uncle is, like, being very loud, as if she's not supposed to be hearing this, but obviously she can. Yeah, and I think the aunt was like, you know, be quiet, she might hear you. And then she just keeps talking and revealing the rest of the information. And the like, uncle what? yells, it was the house that got her. <laughs> Mine is when the uncle stops her from going in the hallway mm -hmm. and the scream afterward. <laughs> that was funny to me. That was a Goosebumps moment, it seemed like. Oh, yeah. That would be oh, like a yeah. Goosebumps cliffhanger. <laughs> and then, suddenly, a hand reached out, and I screamed. Yeah. Next chapter. And chapter, right. <laughs> My uncle was right there behind me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> totally true. Um, oh, I thought man. it was hilarious when the aunt was telling Melissa that she'd rather her keep away from the house after what happened. And Melissa asks her, what happened? And the aunt literally runs away. Yeah. <laughs> and then she runs after her and finally they're sit like next scene they're on a porch talking, but she runs away. <laughs> Rewatch it. It looks crazy. <laughs> um, Midnight Society chick who told the story, Betty Ann. She was always my favorite Midnight Society character. Um, I thought her stories were awesome. She has like really weird stories, which they actually mentioned in this episode. So I was excited. Yeah. Um, I think one of the stories she told had Ryan Gosling in it. There are a lot of famous people who are in Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, we'll get into that. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have that bookmarked to talk about later. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, they uh, mentioned that she tells creepy stories, and so that's why the one guy brought his younger brother, Tucker, to the Midnight Society to listen to her story. I don't know if that's his first episode. 
but I don't know. This episode was before the other one. Mm-hmm. I didn't say the air date, but it was February fifth, nineteen ninety four. I was in third grade. Mm. <laughs> Anything else about this episode? Not from me. Only the fact that I didn't like it as much. And it may yeah. have been because of the doll stuff, which I just don't really like in general. Yeah. Um, I remember thinking more of this episode when I was younger. Um, again, as I said, the porcelain hands falling off, I remember thinking it was kind of creepy. Uh, I thought it was comical this time. I thought the other episode was a little creepier, and I forgot to mention this, but that episode does a really good job with the underwater like POV shots. It reminds me of Jaws, how you oh, have yeah. like, the shark's point of view. I think that what? adds something. One of my notes was literally, what's up with this Jaws knockoff <laughs> bullshit? See, but I thought that worked well for it. <laughs> I guess. Um, do you guys want to rate the show? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who would like to go first? I'll go first since I think my rating will be <laughs> go the ahead. most critical. The outlier? <laughs> sure. I have never been a fan of Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> and as a child, it was because I didn't like scary things. As an adult, it's because apparently I don't think it's a good show. Uh, <laughs> after rewatching this, is like, this doesn't seem to be going through uh, the promise that it's giving of scaring kids. And it's just kind of ridiculous, but not in a goosebumps way that seems entertaining. It's mm-hmm. just kind of bad. That's how I felt. Uh, so I'm going to give it one and a half non-dairy creamers Whoa. out of five. Wow. That's low. I am shocked. Okay. I will go. So I'm giving this a four and three quarters out of five. Dang. I'm, I'm reserving my five for, spoiler alert, Lois and Clark. Which <laughs> <laughs> is the best 90s show ever. Um, Agree to disagree. <laughs> but You're wrong. <laughs> I loved Are You Afraid of the Dark? And I mean, as far as 90s shows go, I have to give it a high rating. Like, it was this in Lois and Clark, so... Yes, I thought a lot of the things that made especially um, Dead Man's Flow effective um, are things that they still use in movies. And it was creepy, and they were able to squeeze a lot into 24 minutes. Um, I do think it's a little bit silly, and it's not really scary. So I agree with you, Drew, but I also find that to be very entertaining, and I enjoy it. So I really liked the dead man's float episode not as much the doll house doll maker one and also not as much the other two that i watched mm. even the one that had melissa joan hart in it i was just like <laughs> eh. this is okay i don't know and the nest for r2 one yeah i actually found really boring oh really <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> to be fair i recommended it without rewatching yeah. it at first i just remember <laughs> thinking it was so good <laughs> it could have been because i was really tired too but fair. i don't know so overall not going to give this show as high of a rating as i thought i was going to mm. just because i thought this is, was going to be one of the shows that holds up really well but i don't think it does i think it's better than goosebumps still based on the one episode I watched. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think it is as good as other Nickelodeon shows. So mm. I am going to give this one three 
gross red skeleton monster guys. <laughs> I don't know what he's called. The dead man. Waters. <laughs> the water scary time stuff monster. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So should we talk a little bit about the famous people that were on Are You Afraid of the Dark? Sure. So I think most notably, Sarah already mentioned, mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling. He was in a couple episodes, I think. Yeah. He was originally going to be part of the Midnight Society. Oh, really? But he turned it down to join the new Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it worked out for him. Which, it's funny because like Nickelodeon, uh, one of their mandates when they were like hiring people for the show is they wanted a more diverse cast that wasn't... That looked more non-Disney. Yeah. Hmm. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, I could see that. One of the episodes that he was in also had Gilbert Gottfried in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know which episode that was. <laughs> and then Nev Campbell was in an episode called The Tale of the Dangerous Soup. Nice <laughs> <laughs> uh, title. I was happy that my one of my crushes, celebrity crushes, Elijah Cuthbert, you know, was a yeah. This is the first time she was on camera ever. Was in this show. Really? She was one of the Midnight Society people in the revival. Yeah, and she was a different character though at some point before that. Oh, really? Yeah, she had like a guest star thing. Oh, cool. I kind of want to watch one of the rebooted episodes just to see if they got any better. Just a couple years later, <laughs> you know, just yeah. out of curiosity. Um, I was excited to see that Emily Van Camp. Had been in the show. She starred in Revenge, which is the show I was really into. Um, also, Everwood. And she was in the movie uh, The Ring 2. <laughs> she was? Yep. <laughs> in both of the episodes that we watched, Joanna Garcia Swisher, she mm-hmm. was in the Midnight Society and she has been on Freaks and Geeks. So she was mm-hmm. one of the like popular cheerleaders in some of the episodes we talked about earlier in our podcast. And then she was also Ariel on Once Upon a Time, but oh. that show went downhill, so. She's in Reba. I'm pretty she sure. was on Reba, too. That was the first thing I ever saw her in, really. well, other than yeah. Freaks and Geeks. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know why, but I loved Reba. I was just looking at her now, I didn't realize that she's married to Nick Swisher. Yep, mm-hmm. that's where the well, Swisher I Well, I get that, but I didn't know she was married <laughs> to Nick Swisher. Yeah. <laughs> Baseball player. <laughs> Jay Baruchel was actually in... A lot of episodes. This show was also the first time he was on camera. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Little Annie. Little Orphan Annie. I loved him in Higher Ground. It was a show on Fox Family Channel that also had Jewel State in it. Oh. (laughs) And A.J. Cook from Criminal Minds. But that was, like, the show right before he did Star Wars. Okay. Um, so Tucker, who's the little brother, um, in the Midnight Society, he, Daniel DeSanto, Mm -hmm. uh, he played Gretchen Wiener's boyfriend in Mean Girls. That's the only (laughs) other thing that I recognize him in. Yeah, he wasn't in a lot of other things, Mm -mm. but yeah. Um, his older brother, Gary, Gary. uh, they got the glasses. Mm -hmm. After the first season, they actually had to take the lenses out of his glasses when they filmed (laughs) because it kept reflecting, like, all the filming equipment. Uh, Yeah. Nice. Uh, and it wasn't until the third episode that Gary ended it with, I declare this meeting and the Midnight Society closed. Hmm. Closed is not how I would end a meeting. Closed. How would you end it? I don't know. Just closed doesn't sound like a meeting ending. But maybe I just haven't been to a lot of 
meetings of special societies. He needs like a mallet and just like whack it on something. (laughs) Yeah. Going back to Emily Van Camp, Mm. Gregory Smith was in an episode and he was also on Everwood. Oh, yeah. He was, I think, in a Disney Channel thing, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, So Tia and Tamara Maori were in it. Oh, yeah, The Tale of the Chameleons, where somebody turns into the lizard. I actually (laughs) should probably watch that because I'm curious. Don't remember a thing about it, but sounds interesting. Yeah. I can go over some other random facts. Do it. Allegedly, and I can't (laughs) prove this because my research is very brief, (laughs) M. Night Shyamalan was inspired to make The Sixth Sense from the episode The Tale of the Dream Girl in season three. Oh. It's where some guy is ignored by like everyone at his school except for this one girl, and it yeah. turns out she's dead. Oh, jeez. <laughs> He's dead. <clears throat> no, I think it turned out she's dead. I so, thought he was ignored, and then he finds out he's dead. No. I th- or maybe the other way. I, I don't, don't know. know. But Didn't yeah. look up enough of it. <laughs> the I, I mentioned this briefly earlier, but the scenes at the campfire were all actually shot inside of a soundstage in a studio in Quebec, not in the woods. Hmm. But they did film a lot of their deep woods scenes in a Montreal Arboretum. And it was a protected land, so they couldn't use, like, pesticides or anything like that. So mosquitoes were Hmm. a big problem. And so they would have to, like, shoot and reshoot and reshoot scenes because actors (laughs) would keep getting bugged by mosquitoes. Like, and be swatting them away and stuff. Um... A lot of episodes had things with cemeteries, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and they filmed in real cemeteries when they did this. But it is against the law to show people's names that are on tombstones. So they used fake tombstones oh. when they would have like shots of the tombstones and stuff. I didn't know that it was against the law. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. See, a couple other just small random things. Uh, they would shoot a season worth of scenes in two or three weeks. So the Midnight Society would just be boom, boom, done, and then you're done for a year. Wow. <laughs> um, each episode was scored separately. So rather than having it, because they, they felt like music needed to be an important part of it with the Scary Time Stuff theme. Yeah. Well, can we mention the theme song is so iconic? I think it's great. <laughs> yes. It was also composed. That was going to be my next thing. Oh, uh, It was composed by Jeff... Zahn, I believe his name was, uh, in an airport. He no way. just sort of came up with it and wrote it down on a napkin. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, it's more of a whistle than a theme song. Right, but I mean, he wrote down the notes <laughs> yeah. and like yeah. the musical score yeah. for it. Wow. Um, DJ McHale, one of the creators, like I said, he, uh, he wrote or rewrote every episode. Hmm. And going back to my original thing from the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Uh, every year he would be going around North America basically looking for kids to be in the show. And while he was doing this, he got chicken pox from like some kids wow. <laughs> doing auditions. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. And also, I didn't think the acting was that great. He clearly found some like future <laughs> superstars, but the girl in the doll episode. There was a point where the aunt was like, it's time to go to bingo. And she was like, bingo. And I could not tell if she was supposed to be sarcastic or excited. (laughs) She was supposed to be sarcastic. Okay, because I would have been excited and I was so confused. (laughs) Oh, man. The girl who played Susan is in a bunch of stuff like 
NCIS and Grimm. Really? Yeah. Susan. Um, I've only got two more things. And one of them is that I didn't realize that the Midnight Society in the show had been around since like the 1930s. I knew it was like older, but oh. apparently I, there's like one episode where the people from the Midnight Society are acting <laughs> out like the story. And then it like ends with the original Midnight Society is telling the story, but it's actually about their grandkids or something. So that makes... So there's a fan theory that there the entire thing is just a story from the original Midnight Society talking oh. about the future. It's like a frame story within a frame story. Wow. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like Tucker's Tucker and his brothers. Yeah. Gary. Gary, Gary. yeah. Relatives. Yeah. The last one is another fan theory that all of the kids are dead. <laughs> All the kids in the Midnight Society are dead, and that's why we never see any of their day-to-day lives, and that's why they all just kind of disappear into different directions into the woods at the end of Ooh, every episode. So maybe they were actually having a campfire telling scary stories. They got murdered, and so they're stuck to that place. Ghosts telling stories for all eternity. Great. <laughs> so the only other thing that I have... Is the revival? Of Yay! course there is, because why not? <laughs> There's a revival of every show except for the ones I want, like happy endings. <laughs> That's so, sort of new, though, right? <laughs> this isn't, so what? <laughs> this isn't a real revival. I mean, it is, but it's not a TV show. They're making a movie about this or based on it. Oh, it's going to be a movie? And it yes. is written by the same person who wrote it. Oh, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Which I think is Stephen the highest King. grossing horror film now. Gary, Stephen, Stephen King. Gary Doberman. <laughs> and the film is scheduled to be released in October of 2019. Ooh, you guys, so many good movies are coming out in 2019. I think we should start <laughs> making a list now because, oh my God. <laughs> so excited. I will not be seeing this. Um, they're also making a movie of scary stories to tell in the dark, the Elvin Schwartz book, yeah. which is going to be... Exciting. I definitely read those as a kid. I don't know why they did freak me out. Um, the illustrations, I yeah. think, are super creepy. But, I mean, really well done. They re-released that book with a different illustrator, and everyone was really upset about it for obvious reasons. I just noticed your shirt is kind of creepy. I'm also wearing the pin you got me. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Katie got me a pin. It has, like, the Scream guy and Freddy Krueger and Jason and Michael and Leatherface. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. <laughs> did you know who all those people were? Um, I only did because I like looked it up in the description <laughs> okay. when I ordered it from Etsy. <laughs> it was Millie Pins, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. So cute. Follow Millie Pins on Instagram. <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, uh, actually, Millie Pins has a lot of Nickelodeon stuff, too, because I, I can't remember if it was from that store or a different one. I actually have, ugh, should have been wearing it. I have a Midnight Society pin. <gasps> oh my God, get that, Katie. <laughs> oh yeah, that's super cute. I totally forgot I had this. <laughs> I was going, I meant to wear it when we were doing uh, this one. When we do Clarissa, don't let me forget that I have a pin for that one too. How many pins do you have? Three. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. I think so that's anyways, all. yeah, that is Are You Afraid of the Dark? Sarah, yes. thank you again for your suggestion of such a divisive <laughs> show in this uh, divisive, 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 <laughs> banal. Is that how you pronounce that word? That's how ben- I say it. Banal. Banal. It's banal, but you know. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I say ban. 
I don't know how I say that. You don't say banal. Uh, I don't think I say banal, but I you said it that way. I know. I, I don't, don't think you've ever said banal. I don't think I say that word, period. Right. You don't. <laughs> okay. It's fine. Uh, divisive. 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 Um, Show where, you know, we'll call it a split vote here. Half of us hated it. Two thirds of us liked it. My vote I was counts in the middle. Too. Yeah. So we're pretty even then, really. Uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> but thank you for coming on and doing this and for Thanks suggesting for letting episodes. me come back. It's always fun it. to have you, and we'll definitely have you back for when we talk about Lois and Clark, because if we Thanks. don't, I think you might kill us. Yeah, and I you lost watch enough horror movies to know how to do that. Yeah. Yes, I have so many ideas. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but crap, do. I'm going to live really close to you, too. <laughs> I will. I'll never see you guys again. Uh, you might be able to help us, though, before yeah. we go here. Our next episode is going to be a movie, and I'm stuck. Between two movies. Okay. On one hand, we have the action classic that is Speed. Okay. On the other hand, we have the beautiful comedy that is Captain Ron. But she hasn't seen Captain Ron, so I don't think you want her opinion. But Speed. I vote for Speed. So Captain Ron it is. (laughs) Okay. No, we will do Speed. All right. So next week... We're going to be talking about Speed. Speed, the movie starring Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. Woo. Yeah. Who else is in that? Uh, Jeff Daniels. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. I literally have not seen that movie since the 90s. It's so good. Isn't Dennis Hopper the bad guy? I think so. Yeah, Dennis literally Hopper's Literally no bad idea. Guy. I think I was like 12 the last time I saw it. Either way, it's a great movie. The bomb is and the bad guy. It, I'm pretty sure the bomb's the bad guy. Uh, <laughs> the bus is the bad guy. Right. <laughs> anyway, we're going to be watching that and talking about that. And I don't know if Katie will give me more than 60 seconds to summarize speed. Maybe get two minutes for a movie. I don't know. You could do that in 30 seconds. Come on. I could probably do it in 10 seconds. I think we just did. (laughs) There's a bus. There's a bomb. You go. (laughs) Uh, So we're going to do that one. Uh, If you are kind enough and you have listened to us, we'd appreciate ratings and reviews on iTunes and other places. Yeah, that would be great. I read all of them. Drew does not, but he reads them eventually. I read them when Katie says, hey, you should go onto this site and take a look at these uh, reviews that we got. And I'm like, (laughs) I guess since we're sitting here and you've brought it up, uh, then we do it. Getting a really great sense of your guys' working relationship. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mostly. (laughs) Um, But please, you can find us, follow us on... Many forms of social media at TFGIF Podcast. Instagram and Twitter. I've given up on Facebook. Cool. Instagram <laughs> and Twitter. You can find us there. And you can send us questions. Email at TFGIFpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Send us questions. Send us any thoughts that you have on shows that we haven't covered yet. And, you know, we can read those when we're talking about those shows or movies. Now, if you have anything to say about speed, go ahead and send us an email. Yes, please send me questions about speed because I want to answer all of them. Anything that you want my opinion on regarding speed, (laughs) please send because I want to talk about it. Great. Good. I have questions. (laughs) Sarah will be (laughs) the first question. Well, then you better submit it through the proper channels because otherwise it's not going to matter. You can also do it on our website. Does that not count? (laughs) You can do it on our website too, tfgifpodcast.com. All right, let's get this done. Okay. Just like, <laughs> anyway, <tell me. laughs>
Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening in. And until next week. Bye. Bye.